This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. This episode of Bookmarked is brought to you by Libro FM. Get two books for the price of one with your first month of membership using the code BOOKSTACKED. Again, use promo code BOOKSTACKED when you start your membership at Libro.fm. Or check the show notes for a quick link to get started. Offer only valid for new members in the US and Canada. My name is Chelsea, and welcome to the Bookmark Podcast. Today, I'm here with Saul. Hello. Brigitte. Hi. And Spencer. Hi, everyone. And we wanted to bring you guys one final recommendations episode for 2021. Now, around this time, the lists for what's coming out next year in 2022 are going to start popping up, our site included. But while we are very excited for what is to come, we wanted to take a second and go back and remind you all of some of our favorite books of 2021. So let's get started. With our first recommendation, we're going to start with Brigitte. What was one of your favorite books of 2021? So one of the books that stuck out came out in the first half of the year. It's called Lights of Prague by Nicole Jarvis. It's a vampire story set in the Austro-Hungarian Empire when Prague was still considered Bohemia. I thought it had a really interesting setting, historical Prague, and specifically the fact that they were both a working-class protagonist and a protagonist in the aristocracy, so we got both kind of aspects of it. I thought the morals were interesting because it starts out with a very clear black and white structure that then crumbles. You kind of realize that, oh, the monster hunters are maybe the bad guys, may not be the bad guys, the vampires are the good guys. What's happening? I thought that was a really interesting take. And, of course, it's based on Czech uh, vampire legends, which isn't something we often see in YA or adults or any sort of contemporary vampire stories. Yeah, I love the trend right now of mythology and folktale stories coming from places other than where we traditionally see them. Instead of just the Greek gods and medieval legends, we're getting stories from many different countries and many different parts of the world. And I think that's a really, really fun trend, especially in YA, that I'm like excited to see continue and I'm excited to see where it's going next. Awesome. Thanks, Rajit. That is a really great recommendation. With our next recommendation, I'm going to pass it off to Spencer. Spencer, what was one of your favorite books of 2021? One of my favorite books of 2021 was Like Home from Luisa Nomi. I almost forgot that this book came out this year. That always happens to me when I'm doing these, you know, best of the year books. I look back at the ones from January and February, and it's like that happened a decade ago. But the reason I knew I wanted to recommend this one is it did stay with me. As much as it, I forgot that it, like, released so early this year, I didn't forget this book and this story, and especially the characters 
I'm still a big fan of Nello and her friends in their neighborhood in Ginger East and the fight that they put up to try and hold off gentrification and changes in their neighborhood and as well kind of hold on to the relationships that they have with each other as they feel like some of them are being forced out of their homes and that life is changing. This is a book with a lot of heart and that really just centers around friendship. And I just love stories like that where the friendship really stays with you and where you feel like you want to be friends with the characters and just jump into their world. So this was one that yeah, like I said, has just stayed with me throughout the year, and I almost feel like I want to revisit and reread. So it's one that I would definitely recommend to listeners. Yeah, you always know it's a good book recommendation when the person recommending it is like, I might reread this one, honestly. I might go back and read it. And actually, my first recommendation is also very similar, that it came out at the beginning of this year. And as I was looking back at my list of books that I've read, I was like, I forgot that this was this year. It was so long ago. But also one that really, really stayed with me. It's a romance called Fade into the Bright by Jessica Kust-Eating and Alyssa Schwartz. It's kind of in the vein of Five Feet Apart or Fault in Our Stars in that it's a story about a disease. But it's also this beautiful summer romance. A girl named Abby learns that her father, who she has not seen in many, many years, was diagnosed with Huntington's disease, which is a horrific degenerative disease that is flashing back to high school biology as a dominant trait disease, which means if one of your parents has it, you have about a 50% chance of also having it yourself. And she learns that she will eventually have this disease. She doesn't know when it's coming. She doesn't know how much time she has left, but she knows that between the ages of 30 and 50, this thing is going to hit her. And so it's just this very kind of what you'd expect out of a summer romance, but with this incredible extra layer to it of how do you live your life knowing that there's a time limit and knowing that this thing could happen at any moment, knowing what it's going to look like and knowing not only what it's going to do to you, but what it's going to do to the people around you, the people who love you, the, your family. It's got this great story with the love interest, but also a really great story with her and her family. She has a sister who you find out does not have the gene for the disease and, and what that does to their family relationship. I thought it was just such a special story and a special romance. It came out at the beginning of 2021, and I don't think it necessarily got the attention maybe I was hoping it would. So I'm really hoping people go back and check out Fade into the Bright, because I think it's a, a wonderful, wonderful read. So that is my first recommendation. I'm going to pass it off to Saul. What is your first recommendation from 2021? I was just going to say, yours sounds pretty intense. <laughs> it's got It's kind of like a nice blend of intense and summer romance. I'm not quite sure how these authors pulled that off, but they did it really, really well. It has like so much feeling and so much heartache, but also at the same time is like really beautiful. Would just totally, totally recommend if that sounds like something you'd at all be interested in. It's always cool when authors can somehow balance those different elements and make them come together. I was also going to say too, with going back to Spencer's recommendation, I know Spencer, you did an interview with Louisa Nome as well which was really great, and you talk about Canada. <laughs> um, and we also built it out, and it looks really cool on the website, so we can for sure include that in the related links as well in case people wanted to learn more about her in that book. But as for my recommendation, after all of your guys' amazing recommendations, unfortunately, I can't say that I have a great recommendation. The problem is that I have spoken about all of the books that I read this year on the podcast. Outside of the book club, we all were talking a little bit before the podcast started about how 
the book club books were some of our favorites this year. And so outside of the book club, I was looking at the books I had read and which one surprised me the most. And I honestly think it was Realm Breaker <laughs> by Victoria Aveyard, which I know Chelsea read and didn't love as much as I did. But for me, I think I was just kind of surprised having read the entire Red Queen series, which I found enjoyable, but I felt like there was a really large leap in quality in the storytelling that was present in Realm Breaker. And of course, fantasy and science fiction are the main things that I, I really look forward to reading and the, the main uh, genres that get me excited. So I know it was a big book. It was everywhere at the beginning of the year. And I know that I've spoken about it on at least one, maybe two episodes before. But when I look back on everything, for me, that was the most exciting. And I'm looking forward too to the sequel, which is coming out in 2022, which I think is called Blade Breaker. For me, that was just kind of surprising. It's just one of those ones that I didn't expect to enjoy as much as I did. That would be the one that I recommend to everyone. Yeah, and you and I have had a lot of conversations about Victoria Aveyard's work, and I think there's something really nice, because, like, The Red Queen is arguably my favorite YA book, and I love that series so much, and Realm Breaker just wasn't as for me as I expected it to be, whereas it was really for you, whereas Red Queen wasn't as much for you. And I think... There's something really, really nice about that and something really cool when an author can write one series that, like, really speaks to someone and then another series that, like, speaks to someone else that the first one didn't. It just shows the variety that exists in YA and fantasy and even the variety that exists in some of these maybe a little bit higher profile authors and, and what they can do is really cool. And so I'm glad you shouted that one out. That was a very, very big book this year. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Great recommendation, and I would just recommend, if you're looking for fantasy, Victoria Aver is a great place to go and for you'll find something, I think, that you'll like. Thank you, Saul. And so we actually are going to go around one more time because we all actually have two books we wanted to recommend. And so, Brigitte, do you want to go ahead and tell us what your second book recommendation for this year is? Yes, my second recommendation is going to be Vespertine by Margaret Rogerson. It contains what's becoming my favorite trope, which is, snarky demon or spirit has to cohabit with a human in their body and it's amazing this one is also very interesting in terms of morality especially when it comes to themes of structured religion and how superstition directly affects families because the main character was thought to be possessed by a demon and how her family treated her right before she goes into the coven and how that impacts her growing up it even changes the relationships she has with other people and how she perceives those relationships so it's a complex book kind of escapes from the typical fantasy of oh a savior is here to save humanity from a horde of demons and the world also really captured my attention it's expansive it is very much modeled on catholicism but demons are real they do come back and they possess the dead it was really interesting to see how catholicism would react in a world where yeah, that stuff is right there, and you got to fight it. And lastly, I mean, Rogerson, at least from what I've read of her, her writing really stands out. It's very lyrical, and she really maintains that in this book. I'm very excited that this is her first series instead of being a standalone. I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah, I remember seeing that book everywhere for a little moment, <laughs> so it's really cool to hear that you recommend it because it's got a pretty cool cover. And so it's one of those ones where it's like, I want to pick this up, but I'm not sure. Great to hear that you give it your recommendation. 
I also love that that's a trope. Did not know that, but I love that that's apparently something you can find, like, many stories of. I'm definitely going to have to check those out because that sounds really, really fun, especially, like, in a book context where you get to, like, read everybody's internal monologues. There's more than one person there. Yeah, I've come across at least two this year, so I don't know if it's because of the books I'm specifically picking up or because it's becoming more popular, but I love it. That's fantastic. It's like a really, really specific Brigitte niche. It's just like, this is this is where my taste lies. Oh, no, I love that. Thank you for that recommendation. Spencer, do you want to give us your next 2021 book recommendation? Definitely. My next recommendation is a two-in-one. It might even be a three or a four-in-one. I, I want to shout out the really amazing series of graphic novels that DC Comics continues putting out, and they've been so great to share with us. I really can recommend the whole series. Every one that I've read has been fantastic. Like, I haven't been disappointed by a single one. There's two from this year in 2021 that I particularly want to highlight. The first is titled Nubia, Real One, and it's from L.L. McKinney and Robin Smith. This is one that I believe it was Christy got to interview and talk with the authors behind this as well, so you'll have to look for that interview too. This book was my students' favorite book this year. I brought this one into my classroom. I had it in my classroom library, and everybody was pulling it off the shelf. The other one that I particularly loved was Beast Boy and Raven, the sequel to the Beast Boy standalone and the Raven standalone that they come together in this graphic novel from Cami Garcia and Gabriel Piccolo. What makes this series so great, as I've never actually been a fan of DC Comics, there's like this old criticism of DC when it comes to comic books that Marvel heroes are more relatable because Marvel heroes are humans. Like we think of Spider-Man and he's just your everyday teenage kid, whereas DC heroes have always been like aliens like Superman and they're just overpowered and you can't relate. Well, this graphic novel series just completely breaks down that criticism and giving us these teenage characters who are deeply, deeply relatable and dealing with real world issues with such like complexity and such just finesse and touch I've been so impressed by. Nubia Real One deals with some of the dangers of being a black girl in America today as the main character deals with issues of police violence and is being perceived as threatening in her community when she at the same time is being threatened by a male classmate and that threat is not being taken seriously. And then in Beast Boy, I loved it so much because it was something I particularly related to growing up a very thin and small teenage boy myself and being very concerned about my body. Beast Boy deals with some of these same concerns and he wants to be big and strong and grown up. And when he gets this new power set, he has to be careful what he wished for. So these are books that I think are deeply relatable for teens, and I know that teens are picking them up and loving them. So I would recommend those two, and I would recommend really any of DC's graphic novels for young adults that have come out this year or in 2020. They're all fantastic. Those are great recommendations. Like Spencer said, they've shared them with us. And what's been really cool about, I think, this particular set of books, as well as just how focused on diverse narratives that they've been. Like Spencer talked about Nubia, or I think there was even a Poison Ivy novel that had like an LGBTQ twist to it. Yeah, and I always feel like with graphic novels, I never quite know where to start. I feel like I know what I like in YA, but I don't necessarily know what I like in graphic novels. So I think having any kind of recommendations for those is always really, really helpful. And I'm glad we can include those. For my second recommendation, it's also a part of a series. Another one that came out sort of earlier this year is the second book in the Aurelian Cycle called Flamefall. The first one was called Fireborn. They're both by Rosaria Munda. I did a podcast interview with her 
at the beginning of the year. But these books are so interesting. They're about this sort of post-revolutionary society where the military has dragons and the military are children who the dragons select as their riders and they're raised to be both the military and sort of the political leaders of the society. The two main characters, one of whom is a member of the old aristocratic class whose parents were killed in the revolution and has been raised in this new post-revolutionary society. And the other, Annie, was a member of the serf class and her family was murdered by the aristocrats of the old ruling class. So it's this really interesting dynamic between the two of them. And the first book just had these fascinating questions about how do you rule a society? How do you control a society? How do you govern a society? Are there really good guys or is everything shades of gray? The second book introduced us to a second society, the people who escaped the revolution and fled. What does their life look like and what are they doing and how are they fighting to try and get their homeland back? And what are they doing to the people that they've now colonized? It's just this fascinating, huge world, but also really specific character stories. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil anything if you haven't read any part of the series. But Rosario Munda is a fantastic writer. These books are so interesting and will leave you thinking about them for so much longer than they take to read. I absolutely love them. I'm so excited for the last book. I believe it's called Fury Song coming out, I believe, next year. I literally can't wait for it. So if you haven't checked out Fireborn or Flamefall, I would highly, highly recommend those two books. Anybody who knows me knows I'm way behind on everything, including my reading. (laughs) But... Your interview with that author really kind of made me place that book on my TBR, so I do actually hope to pick that up. They sounded super fascinating based off the interview. For sure, I'd recommend people go and check out that interview that you did with her. Yeah, absolutely. And and this year I was really lucky to interview many fantastic authors and so some other books to just shout out. Robin Schneider's The Other Merlin is really, really fantastic. Haley Krischer's The Falling Girls is another one. It was really, really fun to talk to her and is a fantastic book about toxic female friendships. Kate Sweeney's Catch the Light, if you're looking for a romance. And of course, Mackenzie Lee's final to the Montague Sibling series, uh, Nobleman's Guide to Scandal and Shipwrecks. All of those interviews were just really, really fun. If you're interested in any of those authors, I would definitely recommend listening. They had some great insight into their processes and their books and their characters. I just had a lot of fun doing that this year. And I've been really lucky that every author that I've interviewed, I've really enjoyed their books. So I would definitely recommend any one of those books to go check out if any of them sound good to you. For our final recommendation, Saul, do you want to wrap us up for 2021 books? Yeah, I know I'm super basic. (laughs) the, The other book that really stuck out to me that I read, and it isn't from 2021, but a lot of people read it, was actually Dune, given the movie that came out earlier this year. And my recommendation isn't Dune specifically. I think what I found as I was reading it and after reading it was I don't go back and read the classics enough. It was cool to read Dune and see firsthand where a lot of these big tropes and elements of sci-fi started. It kind of gave like a foundation for me, I think, to better understand the genre. And so my recommendation isn't Dune itself, but it would be to maybe pick up an older novel. Like if you're planning out some of the books you want to read in 2022, maybe consider going back and reading some of those classics. For me, it even makes me want to go back and read some of the older YA books that existed before YA was ever really a thing. I know Spencer's written a couple of times on the website about Walter Dean Myers, for example, 
I never read like Monster in school, but that's a book that I feel like it might be worth going back and reading in the next year for me. And I think every time you go back and you just take a moment to read some of the older novels, it's just a cool experience because you can kind of see some of those early voices that were forging the way. And so my recommendation is inspired by Dune, but my recommendation isn't Dune. It's for you to go out and find a classic or an older book that maybe you've been interested in or you've heard a lot about and you want to read and just kind of broaden your horizon in that aspect. No, I love that. And I mean, that's a big inspiration for why we've wanted to do recommendation episodes to begin with is I think it can be really easy, especially with Bookstagram and BookTok and the way publishers kind of promote their books in general, it can be really easy to feel like you have to keep up with what's coming out right now and you have to read the newest thing in order to be engaged or to be a part of the conversation. But I think the truth is that there are just, there's so many books out there that have already been published that it's really, really great to point out. And also, generally, those books are also a little bit easier to access. They have audiobooks already. They are available at your library. You can find them in paperback or maybe even in used bookstores. And so I think it's really important that we continue to highlight books that aren't necessarily dropping right this second, but are books that you could find. And I will say, not a 2021 book at all, but one of my favorite moments of 2021 was talking about Gallagher Girls on this podcast. You very had so much fun. If you have not read Allie Carter's Gallagher Girls, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Go get it. Read it right now. It's amazing. But yeah, I love that. And I totally agree. And I don't know if this applies to anyone who's listening, but, you know, running Bookstacked, sometimes I feel like this pressure to try and stay up on top of everything, every new release. And that's just kind of the nature of working with Bookstacked. But it was just really refreshing to be able to say no for a month and read something older instead. So I think it is nice to sometimes take a little bit of a break and just kind of read outside of what you feel obligated to read. Yeah, I definitely feel that pressure, too. I follow a booktuber. I think it's Reads with Emily. She reads classics every so often, and she'll include them in her What I Read This Month. And sometimes she'll even do dedicated reviews to them, which I thought was really cool. And another one, Loken Reads. I was watching her video on spooky kind of recommendations earlier, and she described Frankenstein and the picture of Dorian Gray as if it were a book that no one's ever heard of, which I thought was a really interesting approach. She said, oh, yeah, this is a book about... A doctor who brings back creatures from the dead using parts of dead people. And I thought, you know, I've never heard of Frankenstein like that because I kind of always knew what it was about. I think it's so great when we can highlight books that maybe are not of the exact moment, but have a little bit more history and time to them. Gives everyone a chance to read something together, too, which I think is really, really nice. Speaking of reading things together, Chelsea, we wanted to make sure to recommend all of the books that we read as part of our book club this year as well. The books that we read this year were Concrete Rose from Angie Thomas, Legend Born by Tracy Dion, and Iron Widow by Ziran J. Zhao. 
And all three of those books are universally beloved by the Bookstack team. Everybody who read and participated in the book club enjoyed every single one of those reads. So if you are looking for a quick book, a page turner, we totally recommend if you miss out on the book club. Of course, those episodes are still available. So read the book and then listen along with us. And it's a lot of fun. It'll just be like joining in a book club with your friends. And then looking ahead to 2022, please reach out to us and let us know if you have any recommendations for what you'd like our book club to read next year. Uh, We'd love to hear from you and read the books that you're interested in hearing us discuss. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Spencer, for that. Those books are fantastic, and I'm so glad that those conversations are are recorded and up for anybody. If you do check out one of those books, you can listen to that afterwards. There are some spoilers in those, so make sure to, to read the books first or watch out for those spoilers. And, you know, as we're closing up 2021, I think it's also good to look ahead to 2022. And, and speaking of our book club books, I have kind of an exciting thing. One book that I'm really, really looking forward to in 2022 is Tracy Dion's second book, Bloodmarked. And I'm very excited to announce that I will actually be doing an interview with her when that book comes out. We'll get to talk all about it. I'm very excited for that. So definitely look out both for that book and for that interview. I'm curious, are there any books that you guys are particularly looking forward to for next year? I'm looking forward to Lynette Nani's The Blood Trader. It's the final book in her trilogy about an inmate at this fantasy kingdom's harshest prison and how she's connected to the rebellion that's going on. I won't say more because I would spoil the ending of the first book. (laughs) But it's basically her journey with connecting with the royal family how the rebellion is going to happen because, you know, the royal family overthrew a different royal family and the only markers of each royal family is the specific brand of magic. So, you know, the members of the overthrown family have to hide it and there's all this political intrigue. It does contain a lot of violence. So look out for that if you're going to pick up the first book. And I believe there's trigger warnings on the reviews on Bookstacked, but they're definitely worth it. I've read both of the books that are out in maybe a day, maybe less, and I'm very much looking forward to the next one. I know I mentioned Blade Breaker from Victoria Aveyard. I'm curious to see where she takes that story. She started in Rumbreaker. Uh, the other one that has my attention, I think I mentioned earlier, I really prefer like fantasy and science fiction, but... One of my anticipated reads is actually contemporary from Saba Tahir. It's called All My Rage. I think I read somewhere that was like 15 years in the making, which I know that she does spend a lot of time with her characters and her stories developing them before they were published. I think Ember in the Ashes, based off an interview I did with her years ago, I think she had said that she had been with those characters for like 10 years or something before she actually got the book down. But I think this is also like a little bit inspired by her own life. So I'm just very curious to pick up that book and read it. I thought An Ember in the Ashes was a great fantasy series, and I'm excited to kind of see what she can bring to contemporary YA. Yeah, I'm excited for that one, too. And and I will say, speaking of older books to add to your list, I haven't read the Ember in the Ashes series yet, and that is on my list for 2022. It's another thing I'm definitely looking forward to. 
for me, I'm not going to lie. When I am looking at 2022 releases or looking at next year's releases, I'm looking through all these lists online and I'm looking at a list of books that publishers are sending to us. And I'm always just looking at the covers first. I'm just waiting to see what pops out and what catches my attention. One that just immediately I was attracted to the cover is called Hollow Fires. And then I was excited when I skipped down to see who the author was. It's written by Samira Ahmed, who I don't know if she's maybe best recognized, at least to me anyways, I read her book Internment, which was like this really intense type of dystopian setting. So in this story that, like I said, the cover has like these flames running up the side of it. There's a spooky, creepy forest and there's like a boy walking through the forest that is all within like the silhouette of another character. Anyways, I'm probably not doing a great job describing it, but it is about a aspiring journalist who finds the body of a murdered boy who was killed by a teacher in kind of a tragic and racially charged accident. It seems to be his voice is guiding her, this murdered boy, to help try and solve his murder. I'm excited to see Samira Ahmed's take on this type of a mystery, almost a crime-solving book, as I thought she did an amazing job in her dystopian book. So excited for that one. Uh, if nothing else, based on the cover alone, I'm going to have to have it on my bookshelf because it just looks beautiful, too. Yeah, we've talked about it here before, but nothing wrong with judging a book by its cover. Just shout out to everybody who designs book covers. I feel like they never quite get as much recognition or admiration as they deserve. But yeah, I feel like book covers are, are having a moment, too. They've just gotten more and more beautiful over the past like couple of years. And I'm very excited to see what comes next. No, those were all great. And I will say we do have more book interviews and podcasts coming starting at the beginning of the year. So we're going to have more author interviews, more book recommendations, more book club picks, everything uh, that you've enjoyed this year. We will hopefully have more of next year. So it's definitely something to look forward to. And like Spencer said, if there are any books you guys want us to talk about on the podcast or any books you want us to take a look at for book club picks, we would love to hear your suggestions. So please, please comment and let us know. Yeah, I just want to say one more thing. Uh, because given this is our final episode of the year, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, Chelsea, but I just wanted to thank you for all the work you've done on the podcast this year. I just did a quick count, and I also factored in a few episodes that are coming out after our recording currently, but will be out by the time this episode is released. It looks like we're finishing the year with 22 episodes, which we originally like if anybody who's been following us for several years when i was running everything the average was like six or five very appreciative of all that you've done i hope the listeners are as well i it's been amazing to hear all the great authors come through the podcast this last year and it's just been really good and looking forward to 2022 no thank you it's been a lot of fun this year. I really enjoyed building the podcast and giving more options for you guys. I also would love to say thank you to all the authors who came on the podcast. We had some really, really great conversations, some really great people. Everyone was just so funny and engaging. And I will say they are all just as sweet off the recording as you think they're going to be on. So big thank you to everyone. And also a really big thank you to all the people who do publicity for the publishing companies and for these authors. They are the people who connect us to them, help us get everything organized, help us figure out the logistics of everything. And they've done a huge help for us this year. And they've given us some great ideas, some great connections, some great authors. So a big thank you to all the publicity people who have helped us out. And a big thank you to you guys. These episodes where we get to talk about our books and just hang out with us has been really fun and are always some of my favorites. So I'm excited to keep building them and keep doing more of them next year for sure. 
Awesome. So that is going to be our 2021 wrap up. Also want to say a big thank you to all of you for listening this year. And we hope you'll keep listening to us and you'll stick with us for next year. We got some great stuff coming. Do you guys want to let the people know where they can find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. My handle is Salmark. It's S-A-U-L-M-A-R-Q. You can find me on Twitter at Spencer B. Miller, and you can find me on Instagram at YA Canada Books. You can find me on Twitter at Book and the Bone. It's one word. And you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Plucky Bookmark. Thank you again so much for listening to both this podcast and this year. We had so much fun with you guys, and can't wait to come back for more next year. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We're at BookmarkYA. You can also follow Bookstacks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you liked the show, don't forget to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you all enjoyed the show and that you have a very happy holiday season and a great new year. We will see you next year. Bye-bye.